In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have moved forward on Project T, a housing and commercial development planned for the site of the former Mercy Hospital. At a Monday meeting, commissioners approved the rezoning of 960 Agard Avenue and 807 Weld Street to grant planned unit development status to the project. Harbor Habitat is working with Renovare Development out of Detroit on Project T, which will be aimed at the missing middle, or those who earn too much to qualify for HUD housing but still can't find affordable places to live. Mayor Marcus Muhammad said Project T moving forward is big news. We just bought a $33 million development where Phase A will be 30 units, single-family for sale homes targeting mixed-income individuals, families. Phase B is eight single-family for sale homes offered through Habitat for Humanity. Phase C, mixed-use four-story building with ground floor, child care, and retail use, upper-level residential units. Harbor Habitat's Aaron Hudson told the Benton Harbor Planning Commission last month The developers don't have any firm date for construction starting, but the goal is to get to work on the 19 duplexes within 18 months. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have voted to decriminalize nonviolent offenses to see if they can help reduce the number of people caught up in the court system over minor infractions. At their Monday meeting, commissioners unanimously approved amendments to the city noise and nuisance ordinance, making violations civil infractions rather than misdemeanors. City Attorney Sarah Seneca said as a home rule city, Benton Harbor has broad authority to make ordinances and set penalties. She said under the amendments, minor infractions will not be handled as serious crimes. So if you think of yelling and shouting, loud music, things like that, non-assaultive crimes, minor crimes. Seneca said the ordinances prior to being amended could mean serious trouble for residents. If somebody's charged with a misdemeanor, let's say they make loud noise and they're charged with a misdemeanor, a lot of people think, well, all I did was make some noise. I was too loud. They get a ticket. If they don't go to court because it's a misdemeanor on the books, if they don't go to court, a warrant gets issued. And that can have repercussions down the road. Under the amendments, violators of the ordinances will get tickets rather than something more serious. Seneca credited the Benton Harbor Department of Public Safety with leading the change effort. Commissioner Ron Singleton said in the past, quote-unquote, good old boys prevented such reforms by calling supporters of them soft on crime. Commissioners agreed Monday it was time for a change. Newly released documents appear to indicate Holtec International intends to use the Palisades nuclear power plant as a model for reinvigorating nuclear power generation globally. Kevin Camps with the Anti-Nuclear Energy Group Beyond Nuclear obtained the document through a Freedom of Information Act request and says it shows Holtec bought the plant with no intention of decommissioning, that they plan instead for modular nuclear units there, and their projected cost for restarting Palisades is more than $2 billion, much larger than originally thought. Holtec has asked for $800 million more than we ever knew about. We've been using the figure of $1.2 billion for this Department of Energy Civil Nuclear Credit Program funding request by Holtec. The actual amount, uh, to quote Holtec, is roughly $2 billion. Pat O'Brien is the Director of Government Affairs and Communications at Holtec and says while he doesn't have exact figures, there will be a lot of money spent. It's going to be intensive to to bring the, the unit back online, obviously, because you have to go through and ensure that you know, all your safety systems are, are in, in, in the best shape, all the systems to run the reactor. So there, there's obviously the cost associated with that. As far as an overall bait and switch, buying the plant for the sole purpose of repowering, O'Brien says that is not the case. The plant continues on a path to decommissioning. Um, you know, 
subsequently, we have been trying to work to repower that facility. In July 2022, Holtec filed an application with the Department of Energy laying out its plan to defer decommissioning work as long as they can to avoid unrecoverable costs. Camps says deferring maintenance work on a nuclear plant is extremely dangerous. They're giving a little bit of lip service anyway to the steam generator replacement that needs to happen, has needed to happen for more than 20 years. They're going to do it in-house and they're going to make that $500 million. But at least they acknowledge the steam generators are problematic. It's a pathway to meltdown. Camp says the next deadline is coming in November as part of the relicensing process. He says his group will continue to fight the Palisades project at every twist and turn. O'Brien says the tide of public sentiment is turning toward nuclear energy, and they look forward to continuing the project. The Berrien County Road Department wants you to know that starting today, Pipestone Road will be closed to through traffic between Napier Avenue and Mall Drive for approximately three weeks to complete storm drainage-related work. A contractor completing the utility work will result in the total closure of Pipestone Road. No through traffic will be permitted between Napier Avenue and Mall Drive. Drivers are asked to seek alternative routes or utilize the detour until the road is reopened. There are some local access routes available, but the main detour is Napier Avenue to Plaza Drive, to Fairplane Drive, to Mall Drive, back to Pystone Road. Construction has begun on a new winter gathering space in downtown South Haven's Dykeman Park. Shout for South Haven says workers from Lawn Boys of South Haven have begun site preparation on the space that will include an outdoor fireplace, seating, and a walking path connected to the pavilion. Shout contributed $25,000 to kick off the project. In addition, the city of South Haven obtained a $40,000 Public Spaces Community Places grant through the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. The grant required matching donations, which was accomplished through a community initiative coordinated through Shout and the city. Those donations from the more than 100 supporters exceeded $50,000 in all. $115,000 of the project is fully funded. Shout for South Haven says the new gathering space will be a safe place for everyone to get together during the colder months. It's hoped that ribbon cutting can be held by Thanksgiving. The Michigan State Police is looking for police officers from across the state and country who want to join. MSP is offering licensed police officers what they call a unique opportunity to participate in a shortened recruit school. The 146th Trooper Recruit School is only open to licensed officers. It's just eight weeks of training to graduate. Because licensed officers have prior training and on-the-job experience, they are providing this opportunity for career advancement and special assignment. Applicants must have two years of continuous law enforcement service and be a licensed police officer. The Michigan State Police Department standard hiring process applies, and applicants will have the opportunity to select their top three post locations More information on the benefits of joining the MSP and details on how to apply can be found at the MSP website. This Thursday marks the start of the 10th annual Project Personal Care Campaign. It's an opportunity to help those who are less fortunate with personal care items. The campaign is organized by the Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency and Super Hits 103.7 Cozy FM. Vice President of Content and Cozy Morning host Paul Landecker says it's about helping the community. We know that people are in need. We know the need is greater than ever, and it just seems to get more and more all the time. Organizers are looking for the donation of a wide range of personal care items and household supplies, all-purpose cleaner, baby wipes, body soap, dental floss, deodorant, hairbrushes, laundry soap, 
and a whole lot more. The full list is on the website at WCSY.com. Landecker says items have to be sealed in their original packaging, or you can just show up and donate. We are asking people to either stop into the Family Dollar Store and purchase some items, uh, dollar items or whatever they'd like to buy. They could make cash donations as well. They can donate on our website at WCSY.com. It's the 10th annual Project Personal Care. It starts this Thursday and runs through Saturday at the Family Dollar on Phillips Street in South Haven. Donated items are then distributed by the Southwest Michigan Community Action Agency to the less fortunate. Since government assistance programs cannot be used to buy personal care items, organizers say this is a great way to help many families that are in need. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.